There is an old proverb incorrectly attributed to everyone from St. Augustine to Martin Luther. One who sings well prays twice. There is no doubt a deep connection between prayer and song. Years ago, when I was beginning to practice centering prayer, and please notice I said beginning to practice, I had a really hard time sort of settling into it. My hive mind would take over. And so instead of praying, I was spending all my time trying to bring my mind back from some distraction. Squirrel! And then one day, I happened to sit down with my headphones and some classical music. And Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings began to play. It is achingly beautiful. And it drew me into one of the most prayerful states I have ever experienced. I don't always use it now, but when my prayers are most fitful... I know the music will calm, inspire, and sustain me. Maybe instead of Lectio Divina, in which one focuses on a word or phrase, or Visio Divina, in which one focuses on an icon or a piece of art, I'll develop some kind of Audio Divina discipline in which one focuses on the music. There are four songs in the first two chapters of Luke. We just heard the most famous of the group, the Magnificat, or the Song of Mary. The other three songs are the Gloria, sung by the angels when they encounter the shepherds, the Song of Zechariah, sung by the father of John the Baptizer upon his birth, and the Song of Simeon, sung after the very old Simeon meets the promised infant Jesus in the temple. Each of these songs are really prayers as well. Each is a combination of praise, thanksgiving, and hope. Each speaks to the past, present, and future of God's people, highlighting God's faithfulness. When the archangel Gabriel appears to Mary to inform her that she will be the bearer of God's Son, Mary replies with a question, How can this be? When Zechariah heard from Gabriel that his elderly wife Elizabeth was going to bear a child, he too asked a question. How will I know this is so? When Mary comes to visit her elderly cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth asks, Why is it that this is happening to me? When the angels showed up, the shepherds probably wondered to themselves, What in the world is going on? The songs in Luke are responses to the realization of the answers to these questions. They are beautiful acknowledgments 
of God, working out God's plan for God's people. Lyrical prayers that literally burst from the hearts of the speakers to sing God's praises and proclaim God's faithfulness. Down through the ages, even since the days of Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Mary, these prayerful paeans or songs of praise have sustained us and inspired us and given us hope. The slaves in our own country knew this. When they sang their spirituals, they were both praising God and protesting the masters who locked them out of worship, but who couldn't keep them out of the promise of deliverance in the Bible. Civil rights leaders knew this too, singing songs like, We Shall Overcome, when so many in the society didn't give them a chance to advance their cause of justice, let alone triumph. Marvin Gaye knew it when he sang, Father, Father, we don't need to escalate, for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way. This coming year marks the 30th anniversary of the falling of the Berlin Wall. In 1989, protesters in Leipzig did a daring thing. Leipzig, which is located in Saxony, was at that time part of East Germany. Johann Sebastian Bach spent the bulk of his life working in the churches of St. Thomas and St. Nikolai in Leipzig. So the people there know a thing or two about music. For several months preceding the fall of the Berlin Wall, the citizens of Leipzig gathered on Monday evenings by candlelight around St. Nikolai Church the church where Bach composed so many of his cantatas to pray and sing. These Monday demonstrations were organized by the pastor of St. Nikolai, Christian Führer. Yes, that was his real name. Over the course of two months, the numbers grew from a little more than a thousand people to more than 300,000, over half the citizens of the city singing songs of hope and protest and justice until their song shook the power of their nation and changed the world. Later, when someone asked one of the officers of the Stasi, the East German secret police, why they did not crush this protest like they had so many others, the officer replied, we had no contingency plan for prayer and song. We, too, find ourselves with questions just like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary. How did we get to this point? Where are we going to end up? Why is this happening to me? What in the world is going on? We worry and struggle especially at this time of year. Money gets tight. Families get touchy. Life gets and stays hectic. The news is just about too painful to watch. It seems there is nothing we can do. But when our lives get fitful, 
which is seemingly more and more often. We need a good song to raise, to sustain us and give us hope. Mary knew it when she sang, He has lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry, helped his servant. Zechariah knew it when he sang, He has raised up a mighty Savior for us. The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. Simeon knew it when he sang, My eyes have seen the Savior, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people. Even Bach knew it when he sang, O little one sweet, O little one mild, thou camest from heaven to dwell below, to share the joys and tears we know, to bring us comfort in our pain. We know it when we sing, O come thou day spring from on high, disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadow put to flight. As we move out of Advent into the Christmas season and the new year, let us find a prayer or a song to raise, one to calm and inspire and sustain us and give us hope. Because there is no contingency plan for prayer and song. Amen.